Welcome to the Paradigms and Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Joe Simmons, and on this podcast, we talk about paradigms and perspectives and how people can achieve different results just by changing their paradigm and their perspectives. Let's get started with today's episode. In the last podcast episode, I talked about Tony Robbins' breakthrough blueprint on how to achieve a breakthrough in your life by focus, meaning, and action. Well, on today's episode, we're going to continue with Tony Robbins and talk about his achievement formula, also in three steps, on how you can achieve more with less time and less stress. Let's get started. So you may be asking, what exactly is the Tony Robbins Achievement Formula or the Tony Robbins Achievement Triangle, as I like to call it? So, Tony breaks it down into three steps. Your strategies, your story, and your state. And that could be positive or that could be negative. But your state is the most important. Because also, to quote Tony, as I've done in previous episodes, 80% of success is psychology, which is mindset, and 20% is mechanics, which is strategies and best practices. So let's go a little bit deeper. And Tony starts with strategies. Now, I've said this before, and you will hear it again. Everybody was talking about execution, execution, execution. But it's really the strategies that make the execution effective. Don't believe me? Check this out. Now, we all know wealth building. You have billionaires. You have millionaires. You, and you have people that make six figures. And you have people that make less than six figures. Now, there's, a, there's wealth strategies that separate each of those areas. There's different things that people that make less than six figures do that's different than people that make six figures. And the same thing that for people that make six figures and that are millionaires, and the same thing for people that are millionaires compared to people that are billionaires. So it's really the strategies that really make the execution effective. I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, but if you usually copy somebody's strategies and you also copy their actions and their execution, you would usually get the same results. So, for example, if you're in the kitchen cooking and somebody gives you a recipe and you follow the recipe almost 100% or the best of your ability, you, for the most part, should get the same result. As the person that gave you the recipe, don't be like me, where I've been. I've had situations where my grandmother tried to teach me how to cook, and I tried to make it the way she makes it, and I didn't follow the recipe the way I was supposed to, and it came out terrible. Why? Because our strategies were different, so my execution was different as well. So, just like. You know, like I said, you have billionaires, millionaires, people that make six figures, people that, it's all a, a difference of strategy. 
let's jump forward to, let's talk about health. It's the same thing with health. You got people that are obese. You got people that are healthy. You got people that are very lean. And then you got people that are very uh, 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 malnutrition. That's all a matter of strategy. All a matter of exercise strategy of a nutrition strategy. If you change the strategies, you change the results. It's the same thing with health. Relationships, same thing. Intimate relationships, the way that a couple is able to have a, a relationship that lasts, you know, for decades. There's strategies, there are communication strategies in there. There's negotiation strategies in it. There's decision-making strategies that's in there. There's compromise strategies that's in there that allow for that relationship to last for decades. And vice versa. If you take those strategies out of that intimate relationship, then the same thing is going to happen. The relationship is going to crumble. In business, it's the same thing with those relationships. You got people that's charismatic or people that's good at networking or people that's just good at having, like, great relationships, you know. There's, um, there's strategies for empathy. There's strategies, there's strategies for compassion. There's, there's strategies for sympathy. There's strategies for, you know, being supportive through a hard time. There's different strategies in there. And if you take those strategies out, you know, your relationships will suffer. So, as you can see, why Tony starts with strategies is because it's the strategies that, when changed, will produce a different result. Next up, which is story. So, you may say, if a person has the right strategy, and they, why are they not doing it? It's because of the story. It's the story that they're telling themselves. We're built for story. We love stories. That's usually how we retain a lot of information is through story. And it's no different than the stories that you tell yourself. This is why, you know, self-talk or what I call internal marketing is so important. It's because it's the story that you keep telling yourself. For example, I use the, the three main cat, uh, areas of life again. When it comes to what, if you keep telling yourself that you can't make a lot of money, if you keep telling yourself, I can't be a business owner, I can't be an entrepreneur, I can't be a coach, a consultant, a trainer, an advisor, a freelancer. If you keep telling yourself that you can't do it, you won't. It's just like Confucius says, which Henry Ford made popular. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. And you can also substitute that for she. So the same thing. She who says she can't and she who says she can is also right as well. But it is crucial. This is, I mean, this all comes down to uh, two. Uh, my mentor and, and former senior trainer, uh, Dr. Joel Bryant, that I had on a on previous podcast, he said the same thing, social conditioning. And social conditioning plays a huge part in the story that we, the story that we were told, and the story that we continue to tell ourselves. So, 
story is very, very important. Like I said, if you tell yourself that you can't do it, you won't do it. This also goes back to the uh, the breakthrough blueprint, focus, meaning, and action. What are you doing? You see something, you focus, what do you focus on? I can't do it. Well, what does this mean? This means that you feel inadequate, you feel insecure, you feel underdeveloped. What actions do you take? You don't take the actions to pursue that. So the breakthrough formula and the achievement formula go also hand in hand. These are great tools and great resources that you can infuse together. Same thing, too, when it comes to your weight or when it comes to your health. If you say, I can't get healthy, I eat the wrong foods, I don't exercise, I don't go to the doctor, I can't do this, I can't. You're gonna, it's going to have the same thing in, in, your, in your health. Same thing is going to happen in your health, especially when it comes down to nutrition. I understand that there are some things in nutrition that, that don't taste good. But this also goes back to what I was watching earlier, which Tony Robbins was talking about his RPM, his rapid planning method, or his results planning method. But this is why you need to focus on results. And it goes back to what I was just talking about with focus, but the result that you're after. Uh, is the result after, oh, well, I'm not going to eat that nutritious meal because it tastes bad? Or is your result having, you know, been in the best shape of your of your life or when you go to the beach and you feeling good in your skin. Which one is more important to you? The taste or your appearance and your confidence on the beach when you're in your swimsuit? Whatever that may look like for you. Which one is more important to you? That's what you need to figure out. And it all going to come down to what story that you're telling yourself. And then relationships too. If you tell yourself that you can't do certain things in relationships. Or that's just too much. Or I ain't willing to do that. Or who got time for all of that. You're telling yourself the story that. That whatever future action that you're going to take. You're basically telling yourself that's not worth it. And I always say this too. People focus on things that are a priority to them. Or, since we talk about Tony Robbins, I can continue the Tony Robbins references, which he says, which is one of my favorite quotes. People are rewarded in public for what they practice in private. So whatever you're willing to do in private, that's what will show up in public. And the way you show up in public is based on the story that you tell yourself on how you interact with people. I know I, I can attest to this. I talked about it in my book about networking. Somebody that's an introvert like me, I kept telling myself, oh, I'm not, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I can't network with people. I'm not really, char- I'm not that charismatic. I'm not that outspoken because I'm an introvert. I can't do this. I can't do this. I kept doing it. That was a story I kept telling myself. Oh, I'm not going to go to this networking event. It's going to be a waste of my time. But what happened? Because that was the story that I was telling myself. But why was I telling my- But why was I telling myself that? But I was also because of the strategies that I had. The strategies that I had were inadequate. 
for the result that I wanted to get. So when I change my result and I change my strategies and I change my story, my outcomes became different. It was even the same thing when I was in corporate. I had changed my result, my strategies changed, my story changed, and before you know it, yeah, I was an introvert, but I was one of the most connected introverts in a company, an international company that has 10,000 employees. I knew almost everybody, or at least I knew the major players when it came to solving a problem. That was also how I was able to get stuff done so fast. And I had people come to me. And when I tell them that I was an introvert, they look at me like I was crazy. And like I said, please forgive me if you heard this from me, but, you know, repetition is the mother of invention. And it's also how you how you learn. But, yeah, I used to always tell people I'm an introvert. They look at me like I was crazy. Why? Because they couldn't believe me. Why? Because I knew so many people. But I only knew so many people is because I changed my result, my strategies, and my story. And you can do the same. But you got to be careful of the stories that you tell yourself. So just like how they say, you know, change your mindset, change your life. Well, it's also change your questions, change your life. But I say even more importantly, change your story and you will change your life. And lastly, but not mo- and, but most important, is state or mindset. And this is positive or this is negative. This shit going to be real quick. Because positive mindsets or positive states get positive results. Negative states or negative mindsets get negative results. It's just like we always say. You cannot expect to plant a positive seed and expect a negative result. You can't plant a negative result and expect a positive seed. It just don't it just doesn't work that way. So I'll run through this real quick. When it comes to wealth, if you have a negative mindset around wealth, such as you know, rich people are greedy, rich people take advantage of people. If you have all these negative mindsets when it comes to wealth building, you won't build wealth. If you have positive mindsets that, you know, the best way to make money is to add value. I'm in service to others. I want to provide a product or service, a product or service that that solves a problem or want or need to the marketplace. And I want to serve millions of people. Or I want to serve multiple niches. Those are all positive mindsets around wealth. When you when you are constantly in those mindsets. Or when you have those mind states more frequently. You will have a stronger story. You'll have better strategies. Which will lead to better execution. Which will lead you to the result that you seek. But once again, if you have the negative you're going to get that too. Whatever seed that you plant, basically in your mindset, that's the harvest that you're going to reap. Same thing with health. If you're in a negative mindset regarding health and you're not really concerned about your health, you don't take care of your health, the results are going to show. It's just like what Tony always says. 
you can always tell somebody's health or physical importance in their life by their body. Like he says, if a person has a great body, he can tell if somebody, you know, exercise six days a week. You could just tell by looking at their body. You can tell when people don't exercise. You can tell when people go to the gym three times a week. You can you it's you can tell. Even from my own personal experience. Yeah, I had the nutrition, but when I was going to the gym, and like I said, even though I went to the gym a short amount of time, I saw the results. Why? Because I had a positive mindset around going to the gym and working out. That's because I had a trainer to hold me accountable. Now, you may not need a trainer to hold you accountable. I mean, I recommend an accountability partner, or you just may have discipline to do it yourself. But the more you do it and the more of a positive mindset you're in, you're going to have a higher probability of producing a better result. And then relationships, it's the same thing. If you go into relationships or you go into a communication with somebody with a positive outcome, you're going to get a positive outcome. If you go into a relationship or you go into a conversation with somebody with a negative outcome, you're going to get a negative outcome. Because we're all energy. We're all vibrating. So whatever you put out, that's what comes back to you. That's what the law of attraction works. That's how the law of reciprocity works. Your mindset is no different. So I recommend that you remain more in a positive state of mind than a negative state of mind. Okay, now we're going to transition a little bit. So we're going to talk about each of the three, the health, the relationships, and the wealth. And we're going to talk about common actions that people take. And I'm also going to explain their story, their strategies, and their states on how they actually got there. So let's get right into it. So first up is health. And we're going to talk about poor diet. Why do people have diet? We'll get right into it. So strategies. They have a poor diet because their strategies are poor. Why do do people usually have poor diet? Or what are the poor strategies they execute? Usually you're either eating non-nutritious food or you're eating fast food. So, poor diet can be, you can be eating something that, yeah, it tastes good, but the nutritional value is not there. That's a strategy that you're continuing to execute. You're eating foods that have low nutrition, so you're going to have a poor diet. Or, fast food, a lot of us are on the go all the time. Or, a lot of us, you know, run our lives based on our emotions. So, if your emotions say that you don't feel like cooking, or if you don't feel like, or, or if you don't feel like paying, then you're going to seek out low alternatives, which is your strategy, and which is going to produce the result of having a poor diet. And like I said, I'll repeat this one more time. You have a poor diet because you're either, one, either you're eating uh, low nutritious meals, or two, you're constantly on the go eating fast food. And they really kind of go hand in hand. That's usually 1A and 1B. 
Because when you eat fast food, most fast food places also have low nutrition. But your main result or your outcome is to satisfy your hunger. Not necessarily to satisfy your nutrition. I'll say that again. Most people, when they eat low nutritious meals or they eat fast food, it's because their result is to satisfy the hunger, not necessarily to satisfy nutrition. And like I said, I've been guilty of this. Before I had my whole nutrition paradigm, I I was this guy. I used to have poor diets all the time. But poor diets also affect your digestive system and other systems in your body. So you definitely want to get that checked out. I recommend you go see a doctor or a healthcare professional if you need help in that area. So let's talk about the story. So what story are you telling yourself? You're telling yourself, once again, the story that you're telling yourself is that, hey, I need to fulfill this hunger or nutritious meals cost too much or I want to eat pleasure food. I want to feed you want to feed your inner child. Your inner child say you want ice cream, you give it ice cream. Or you may even tell yourself that diet that really don't matter. That's the story that you may tell yourself. The diet don't really matter. It's not that important. That's the story that you tell yourself. And then the state, well, that's usually in a negative state of mind, which will give you those stories, which will give you those strategies, which will give you those results of having a poor diet. So that's how people wind up with poor diets. You have poor strategies because you're eating from fast food or eating low nutritious meals. The story that you tell yourself is that Oh, nutrition and dieting is not that important. Or you want to feed your pleasure self that says, I want cookies, I want ice cream, or whatever other non-nutritious meals that you that you should substitute for fruits or vegetables. Obviously, your motivation is not strong enough or your paradigm hasn't been shifted. Basically, it comes down to your diet and nutrition is not that important to you. Go out and have fun. YOLO. You only live once. Don't even worry about it. And then the mindset is, is that when you have those strategies and those stories, you're in a negative state of mind. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So your negative state of mind feeds your story. Pun intended. And your story feeds your strategies and your strategies feed your results. So that's why you wind up having a poor diet. How do you fix this, you may ask? Simple. First, you got to change your state. Once you change your state, your story will change. Once you change your story, your strategies will change. And once you change your strategies, your results will change. And that works for any area of your life. So I won't worry about repeating this for every subsection. Because it's just going to drag this out. But basically, I'll repeat it one more time. How do you change your health? How do you change your relationships? And how do you change your wealth? Simple. Which is what the achievement formula is all about. Which is what we've been talking about up until this point on this podcast. 
change your state, change your story, and change your strategies. Now, some people don't need to change all three. Sometimes it's just one or two of them. But if you want a certain goal, if you want to achieve a certain thing, and you try to do it your way, then change your strategies first. See if that works. Maybe you just off with your strategies. If your strategies, if if the strategies are good, but you're not executing those strategies, okay, let's now go to the story. What stories are you telling you? Because if your stories and your strategies are not in alignment, it's not going to work. So you can have the strategies all day, but if your story is telling you that it won't work, then it won't work. And then, or maybe it might be your state, might be, maybe it might be your mindset. So, you may have the strategies, and somebody may be trying to introduce to you a new story about how those strategies will work to get you to your result. But your mind, but if, but if you don't change your mindset, then whatever new stories come up to you, you won't accept, you'll reject because your mindset is different. This is why, you know, we talk, this is why paradigms and perspectives are so important. Because if you don't change your paradigm, which is your mindset, your story, your strategy, you won't get to the results that you see. So, that's why you have a poor diet, and that is how you change your results. Kind of similar to poor diets is, you know, the, the, the high consumption of packaged and processed foods. Once again, your strategy or your result. I'm trying to feed my hunger. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to get some packaged. I'm going to get some processed. What's your strategies? That well, those are the strategies. Get some package and get some process so I can feed the hunger. What story are you telling me? Hey, look, nutrition. Don't really need nutrition right now. I just need to make sure I get fed. Make sure I'm not hungry. Make sure I don't pass out. So I'm just gonna go ahead and consume. That's the story that you tell yourself. The mindset is is that it's a negative mindset because you're not thinking about the overall function of the body. Or at least the long-term effects of these consequences. So, that's when it comes down. That's why people consume packaged goods and processed food so much. It's because of the strategies based on the result of either stuff, either I need to help me fulfill this hunger or that take too long. I don't have time to cook for that. Oh, I don't have the time to go to a restaurant and all that. I need something now. I need something quick. But usually when you're home, you're eating packaged or you're eating processed food because it cuts down on the time. You don't want to have to spend, you know, three hours cooking a meal. And that may include, you know, washing dishes and cleaning up and all that. You want to help get your time back. So you buy packaged and you buy processed foods. Which, those are your strategies. Like I said, your story. You keep telling yourself, hey, it's not that important or... I need to just eat right now, just so my head don't start hurting. And then your state, it puts you in a negative state of mind, which continues to produce those results. 
fast food. Uh, a lot of people eat a lot of fast food. Why? Once again, they confuse and they diet for nutrition. Once again, it's all about I need to hurry up and eat. So the strategies: eat fast food. Story. Hey, it's it's better than eating nothing. There are people on the street that's hungry that that can't eat. Not only that, it's fast, it's convenient, it's cheap. You know, we get our time back. We really get to enjoy life instead of spending time either at home making meals or going to restaurants. We need something cheap. We need a, a, a cheap substitute right now. And we don't want to invest a lot of money or we don't want to invest a lot of time. So uh, let's just go ahead and get this fast food. That's the story that we tell us. The state, once again, is a negative state. Because it puts you in a uh, negative vibration. And which a lot of that fast food stuff, because you don't get nutrition, your body breaks down. Then what happens? You got to go to the doctor. You got to spend more money on medication. And you got to spend more money on your health to maintain your body. So it does have a ripple effect when you eat uh, too many fast foods. But yeah, those are your strategies, your story, your state for why so many people. Uh, eat fast foods and it's mainly because their result is more on diet or fulfilling their hunger versus uh, getting nutrition that they really need to keep their bodies at optimum health next up low levels of exercise so what strategies do you execute you either don't exercise or you exercise very little that's usually the strategies that most people use when they have uh, low levels of exercise. They either don't exercise or they do it very little. And I'm well, I can kind of somewhat be in this camp. I really don't do any strength training, any exercising right now. I mean, I do walk almost every day, so I give myself a little bit credit for that. But yeah, I don't have the high levels of exercise. I'm being uh, self-aware. In the sense that, you know, when I was going to the gym and when I did have a train, I was more exercising more and I was more active. So, uh, but yeah, that's usually why people have low levels of exercise. Either they don't exercise or they do very little exercise. Or if they do exercise, it's not consistent enough where the results will really show. So, uh, that's the strategies. The stories come down to either it's not important, it take too long, I don't like the process, or I don't like sweating, or it's too much work, or it's, it's just too much uh, discomfort when you can, you know, sit home and drink lemonade already so, at home, so, or wherever you may go, but yeah, that's the story you keep telling yourself. Uh, once again, negative state of mind. It's not really uh, helping you by high low levels of exercise. And a lot of uh, health problems could be prevented. A lot of increase in health care costs could be prevented as well. So uh, those are the reasons why people have low levels of exercise. Now we're going to transition to relationships. So uh, lack of trust. Well, what produces that? The strategies. You're either uh, seeking validation, that's a strategy. Uh, you trust people 
too much. Uh, you don't really focus more on what people do versus what they say. You just you just take their words as gold. So uh, when you don't do that and they, their words and their actions out of alignment, they break your trust. So now you have a lack of trust. Um, and like I said, it's basically just come down. You're not really filtering people. Uh, not only that, you're not also trusting your instinct. So that also, you know, comes with uh, a lack of trust. It can also come, you know, from having traumatic experiences in your life as well. Uh, the story that you tell yourself is that you can't trust anybody. There's nobody. There's really very little few uh, trustworthy people in the world. And that you want to protect yourself from from getting hurt uh, since you have a lack of trust. And why bother? Because you don't want to get become vulnerable with somebody. Somebody take advantage of you again. So those are the stories that you keep telling yourself. And once again, it's a negative state of mind. Uh, it becomes very hard. So... Uh, those are the reasons, or those are the, you know, why people have a lack of trust with others uh, in relationships. It's because of the, um, it's because of the strategies, the story that you keep telling yourself, and the state that you keep telling yourself about, you know, why you have a lack of trust. Next up is ego crusher, basically. This means that you're in relationships with people that have an ego that is so big that they crush the personality or even they suffocate, you know, the person that they're in a relationship with. So, strategies, what happened? Well, it's because you're excited by this person's bravado. You have a strategy of putting people above yourself. You have a strategy of wanting to fit in, wanting to be cool, instead of, you know, being authentic to yourself. And the strategy also, too, is you let these per- you let these people get away with stuff. You don't like confrontation. You're non-confrontational. You don't want to set the record straight, or you don't want to, you know, or you keep do it politely and strategically with this person. But you let their ego get so big, and it's not check and when it's left unchecked it crushes everybody else because nobody decides to do anything about it so those are the strategies on why you know you have ego crushes the story you keep telling yourself oh you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to deal with conflict you don't want to you don't know what the repercussions are it's going to be terrible uh you know, you're trying to be sympathetic, empathetic to this person, but this person just really focused on self-interest and the validation that they receive from others. So those are the stories that you keep telling yourself or that, you know, it's going to be difficult for you to let this person know you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to lose their relate. You don't use the relationship with them because you feel like it's going to devastate you and you may feel like you don't know how you're going to recover from that. So. You let them to continue to con- crush your ego or even the egos of others inside the group. 
uh, with the relationship. And once again, mindset is negative because it doesn't really add any benefit to you. Uh, yeah, you're not having to deal with the conflict, but you're also experiencing internal conflict. So the external conflict may not be there, but the internal conflict is there because you know what's going on. You're not saying anything about it. So uh, that's why ego crushers uh, infect their infect, infect, infect their environments and make it worse for others. Next up, compatibility issues when it comes to your standards, your vision, and your values. Now, yeah, we all know that opposites attract, but at the same time, you need to have the the core standards, the visions, and the values. Those should be the same. But what do we do? The strategies. You go out and kind of what I said in the ego crusher segment. The strategies of you don't want to rock the boat. You wanna you don't want to ruin a relationship or the potential of the relationship. You don't want that person to walk away. So, you engage in strategies that are non-conducive to you, but that please that other person. When you know that the compatibility is not there, it's not there. Let it go. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but I'm going to say it one more time. If the compatibility is not there, let it go. But you're going to try to do everything. You're going to try to force it. I know. I used to do this all the time back in my past with girls. Trying to be somebody that I was not. It was creating havoc for me. The strategies wasn't working. The stories that I kept telling myself was, well, if I do this, then she'll like me. Or if I do this, I'll get this result. Or if I do this, you know, this person will want to be my friend. Terrible stories. Terrible. My mindset was negative. It wasn't until... I started embracing who I was, changed my mindset to a positive mindset. I started changing my stories. I started changing my strategies and just being me. And who was ever going to be my friend was going to be be my friend. Whatever girl that I was able to uh, pique her interest and get her phone number and potentially date her, that would be my girlfriend. But it wasn't too much of this Chasing people and seeking validation, all this other stuff. I had to get rid of that stuff. It wasn't compatible. The standards wasn't the same. The vision wasn't the same. The values wasn't the same. And that's what you got to do. Some relationships are just not meant to work. Or if they do, they seasonal. Just like we got seasonal shopping, just like how we got... You know, Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Christmas and New Year's, the old seasons that are coming up, it's the same thing when it comes to relationships. But that's because of our strategies of seeking validation and trying to please other people. You giving to everybody else, but nobody's giving to you. It's a huge mistake us givers make when we give to everybody else, but nobody's giving back. That reciprocity is not coming back in. You got to take care of yourself first. And then, like I said, we got to be careful of the stories that I tell. 
Everybody's not meant to like us. Everybody's not meant to be in our lives. And not everybody's going to be in our life for a lifetime. Some people are meant to come into your life, as I mentioned earlier, for a season and to teach you certain things about themselves, about people, and about life. That don't mean you got to cut them off, but that just means that they're not going to be on the train for the whole ride throughout your journey. They meant to get on the stop and they meant to get off on the stop and go about their way. And then states. Put yourself in a positive state. Do stuff that's more congruent to you. Figure out what you want. Don't focus on everybody. Focus on you. Focus on what you're doing. You will attract the right people in the right time. So, if it's compatible and you know it, just trust your instincts. Your instincts, you, your, your, uh, your energy being, you'll start vibrating. If you're around this person and they give you a positive vibration, it's compatible. If you're around this person or these people and they give you a negative vibration, that means the compatibility is not good. You might want to go find your tribe your tribe, or go find somebody that's more in line with you. And that's just the bottom line. Poor communication. Something that we all have at times. What happened? Why do we usually have a poor communication? The strategy is that we're just trying to get the message out. We're not trying to be clear. We're not trying to be concise. We're not focused on the person understanding. We just want to get it out, and we think that once we get it out, and we say it the way we want to say it, then everybody should get it. But our strategy is not focused on what's the best way to communicate to this person so that they get it the first time. It's, hey, I got something I need to say or somewhere I want to communicate to you. And you should just be okay with understanding how I'm communicating to you at this current moment. But that only leads to poor communication. Your story, once again, the story is all about you. You're not really focusing on another person. Uh... Because if you change the story on the person and try to add value to them and communicate with them, maybe you may slow down. Uh, maybe you may find ways to uh, be more convinced or be more persuasive or influence people when it comes to the story. But the spotlight is on you. It's not on them. So that's why, you know, poor communication. And also that, it comes down to the result. For the result, do you want to be right and say that you executed your communication to the way you wanted to? Or is your communication more or the importance of making sure that the person understood and knows what's going on? And you guys are on the same page and y'all thinking the same thoughts or is that your result? And then state, when you're all about you all the time, that's a negative state of mind, man. Nobody wants to continually be around people that only think about them. Nobody wants to be around somebody that is a poor communicator. You brand yourself unconsciously that way. I still remember that in in corporate. There was a lot of people. They were bad communicators. Well intentions, but bad at communication. If you better communication, find people that are good at communication and learn from them. Or even get a communication coach. Or get a communication consultant if you have to. 
Like they say, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Anger, which goes back to, once again, the last episode on the uh, Breakthrough Blueprint. But it all comes down to, you know, what do you focus on? What does it mean? What actions you take? But you're not focusing on alternative solutions. That's what you should be focusing on when you're angry. When you're angry, you just, you rage. You just want to get it out. You want to give somebody a piece of your mind. You want to tell them how you feel. No holds barred. Raw and authentic. You don't care who don't like it. All you know is you finna say what you gotta say. You finna say it on your mind. You finna say it how you wanna say it. And if they don't like it, that's their problem. Not my problem. Those are poor strategies. Flat out. Those are poor strategies. How would you expect somebody to respond to you in anger, in rage? Now that doesn't mean that you know we all don't get mad at times. But you gotta learn how to control that. You know, you have to really learn how to control that. And it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. But sometimes when somebody makes a mistake or, quote-unquote, don't reach your expectations, you got to give them grace. You got to show them empathy or even sympathy because, you know what, what goes around comes around. And there's going to be a time when you do something and you can and they can easily return a wrath on you when it's when it's their turn. You wouldn't like that, would you? You would want them to give you grace and mercy and empathy and compassion and understanding. That's what you would want. But I understand. When you're in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking about that. That's not the story. The story is I'm angry and this person didn't know about it, so they don't and if they don't like it, they need to make sure they don't make me angry again or limit this. So always the story is always about the other person, not what did I do. And then the mindset, it's a negative mindset because you're worried about self, about how you feel. But it's also because you want stuff to be perfect. But also when you're angry, your stress levels go up, your cortisol levels go up. That also gets back into, you know, affecting your health. Because you're angry. That's all it is. is really negative energy. That you're emitting out in the world. Then you don't think it's going to come back to you? How do you. I mean like I said. How do you expect somebody to respond to you? If you come in and screaming at somebody. You expect them to be all nice and gentle to you? Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. I'll say it this way for you for you guys that understand. I'm going to use a guy and I'm going to use a girl because I don't want the guys to feel like, oh, I'm just picking on them. And I don't want the, the ladies to feel like I'm just picking on them. But I, I said this before and I'll say this again. Guys, if your partner, you know, you come home and let's say your partner decide to, you know, make the effort to cook you something. A nice home-cooked meal. But let's say, for example, she burnt the dessert. Now you pissed off. Your strategy is what? Is to yell at her. Is to get all upset. Maybe throw something. That's your strategy. What story is you telling? How could she be so inconsiderate? Or how could she be so stupid and burn the dessert? 
What state of mind you in? You you in a negative state of mind, man, because somebody pissed you off at work, somebody cut you off in traffic. Or maybe that's just the person that you are. So that's what you're focusing on. That's what it means. That's also the action that you take. Okay, fine, cool, no problem. What happened? What she gonna make? She gonna make the necessary adjustment. What is she gonna do? She either gonna stop cooking for you altogether, and when you come home, you gonna have those package of processed goods. Or she gonna say, "Hey, I didn't cook. Let's go out and eat." You gonna have to pay. Or she just gonna stop making you desserts. She just gonna cook whatever she feel like cooking. And if she make a dessert, it's only going to be for her. Now you're really going to be upset. You're going to be wondering, like, what happened? Why should I make a dessert? Or why can't I eat no dessert? She's going to say, because, you know, I burned the last one. I made a mistake. I figured out what I did wrong. I corrected it. And since you want to scream yell at me, you don't get no dessert. All because you handled the situation poorly. A lot of us don't think about how our actions currently affect our future actions. <laughs> it all came down to your strategies, your story, and your state. Ladies, vice versa. If a guy tries to be thoughtful for you and he surprises you, and let's say he go to the mall or he orders something nice for you, a good gift that he thinks, you know, to put a smile on your face. Maybe just to show you some appreciation or love or, you know, just to do a nice gesture. You come home, you wondering, like, what is this? Or you talk, either you talk about the quality or maybe you've seen the price tag or you found out how much it costs. You're like, this is it? This all I'm worth to you? Maybe you try to do something, a small gesture for you. What happened? You go off, you yell, how could you be so inconsiderate? That's the story that you're telling yourself. I can't believe him. He knows what I like, this and this and that. Okay, cool. No problem. What happened? The next day, he go back and he return it. Now you come back home, you're looking for it. Where is it? Oh, I returned it. Or, now nah, he don't buy you any out-of-the-blue gifts. Maybe he just stick now to the basics, which your birthday your anniversary, if you're married or if you're in a relationship and you celebrate anniversaries. And maybe Christmas or any other holiday that you may sell where gifts is exchange. Once again, now you're mad because it got cut back. And you can't figure out what happened. You ask him and he tell you. So see, this is all a matter of the strategies, the stories, and the state that you tell yourself. We just need to find alternative solutions when it comes to anger. We always say we got a lack of time. Well, it depends on how we use our time. <laughs> Number one should be a schedule. But also, too, when you have a schedule, schedule your priorities first. A lot of people don't schedule their priorities first. They want to have the, they wanna have fun before they work. And then they want to know why they don't have enough time to do what they really need to. Not only that, uh, acceptance. You got to learn how to say no. You can't dance to every rodeo. You can't dance to every song. 
You need to learn how to say no. That'll create more time for you to say yeah to your priorities or to things that you want to do. And then, two adjustments. Sometimes you're going to have to adjust certain things. Things are not going to always go according to plan. You might have to move some time slots around or on a different day. But we can we can we can make time. What strategies do we normally use when we say, Oh, I'm out of time? Not prioritizing stuff what I just mentioned. Bad strategies. Not communicating to people, not wanting to tell people no, because you worry about what they're gonna think of you or what they're gonna say about you. What story you tell yourself? You tell yourself the story that you know you need to get better, but it's not burning right now. Or it can wait, or I'll figure it out. You tell yourself you'll figure it out, but you don't actually put no practical steps to figure it out, to change. And then it winds up affecting you negatively in a negative state of mind because you wish you had time back to do what you wanted to do. But now you don't. Because you didn't get your priorities out the way. You didn't know how to say no. And then sometimes you don't make the necessary adjustments. You just be like, oh, well, it didn't happen at that time. So I guess I just got to move on. Or, you know, you're not willing to be flexible and move stuff around so that it can work. So, it's not necessarily like a time. It's a lack of planning and a lack of intention. Next up is wealth. Uh, and these next two, I could, I could do these two and one. So, I'm going to talk about student loan debt and credit card debt because they pretty much the same. What strategies? You go in, you just go out and get it. You'll figure it out later. Everybody has it. So, well, that's part of the story. But the strategies are you go out and get student loan debt uh, because, you know, you want to achieve a certain career. You go out and get credit card debt because you want to uh, buy something for your pleasure. Or maybe you may use your credit card to solve a problem. But you're not thinking about alternative financial means. You just, hey, I got a credit card or I'm wanting to go into debt to get what I want. Been there, done that, got both. So I'm talking also about myself. Story. When it comes to student loan debt, the story that you tell yourself, which is what we've been fed. Go to school, get a safe, secure job, retire. You have your knife secure life. That's the story we've been told. A lot of us stick to it. Why? Because that goes back to what I said before about the whole Henry Ford thing about, you know, working for corporations and putting our dreams and goals on hold. Not it. And I, if you want to be an employee and the corporate life works for you, then I'll be in. Or even if the small business thing works for you, whatever you want in life, 
so be it. If that works for you. But we also need to think about ways to keep your debt down. Especially student loan debt. Because we have more than $2 trillion worth of student loan debt in the United States of America. And it's killing a lot of us. Especially my generation. The millennial generation is killing us. It's slowing us down from achieving what we want to achieve. But that's also because of the story that our parents, society, uh, authority figures, and just messages that we hear. Go to school. Get a job. If you go to school, you're going to make more money long term. With the whole bachelor's degree, the million dollar bachelor's degree. Oh, bachelor's degrees earn on average at least a million dollars more than throughout their lifetime and somebody that don't have a bachelor's degree. That was way, way back in the day. Things are changing. Credit card debt. The story you tell yourself, you can always pay it back. Like I said, what I'm going through, what I'm talking to you guys about right now, I done been through. Credit card debt. Oh, you can always pay it back. I want this now. I want, I got to fulfill my pleasure now. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. It's the same thing. Uh, auto loan debt. It's the same thing. Your strategies. You go out and get auto loan debt. You, And some people get it higher than what they should get it. Your strategy is either you have a low credit score or you're going to go put down a lot of money. Or sometimes you're even willing to pay a lot more interest just because you got to have that car. You just got to have that car. But once again, what's the story you're telling yourself? It looks good. I ain't got to be on the bus. I ain't got to worry about other means of transportation. So that's the story that you tell yourself when it comes to auto loan debt. And student loan debt, credit card debt, auto loan debt, these are all negative mindsets. All of them. All of them have negative mindsets because of the stories, the bad stories that we tell and that we reinforce, which leads us to the bad strategies of getting into debt and it's slowing us down. Now we got to, you know, we got to pay other people's bills or we got to pay other people off before we can pay ourselves first. So it slows us down. So. That's what come when it comes to wealth building, when it comes to debt. This is a big one that's plaguing our society. We definitely got to change our mindset when it comes to debt. Got to change our stories. And we definitely got to change our strategies. Once again, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I talked about Sharon Jones in a previous podcast episode, but... Short and sweet. Keeping up with the Joneses, you're afraid to look poor. So what is your strategies? You go out and spend money on stuff that you probably don't even want just to please people that you don't even like and people that don't like you. So you're just trying to keep up with them because you want to be in a cool crowd. And like I said, you're afraid of looking poor. You're afraid of your own insecurities and people talking bad about you and having something negative to say. So basically, 
It comes down to your pride, your ego, and your insecurities. What stories you tell yourself, you got to keep up with them because you're going to get left behind. There's a void. There's uh, some access granted that it, if you do this. So that's why you want to try to keep up with the Joneses. And it comes down to a, that'll put you in a negative mindset. Put you at risk for a heart attack, stroke, and everything else because you're trying to do what other people do, getting into debt, not really understanding how things work, and not willing to run your own race. So that is why most people try to keep up with the Joneses. This one is going to be very controversial, but bad family planning. Yeah, that's right. Bad family planning. So what strategies do you take? You engage in sexual relations with a partner that you do not see yourself being with long term or sometimes relationship goes bad uh, but this could be a male or a female you engage in sexual relations and you produce uh, a baby and this also hurts your wealth because if you decide to have a baby together and you're not together or if you decide that you are together and you have a baby and you break up now everything is going to be split and double. So the cost savings that you guys would have by staying together, uh, it would increase the probability of you having more wealth. But the bad family planning comes from not picking uh, suitable partners that you feel like you can have a long-term relationship with whether that's through marriage or whether that's through a long-term partnership where you guys are planning your family together and there's a higher probability that the family will stay together that will increase the wealth for the man and for the woman. But most people have bad family planning and it's because, you know, guys looking at how attractive she is and you're thinking about how cute your son and your daughter would be because this woman is just attractive. You're not concerned about what qualities or what traits would make her a good mother. Ladies, same thing. You're looking at a guy because he's attractive or because he has a nice body. But you're not looking at the capabilities of what he can do to make himself to be a great father. Uh, which, like I said, this leads to bad planning. What story do you tell yourself? Well, the story you tell yourself is that, you know, you it's the heat of the moment. You find this person attractive and that you will get to that road when you cross it. Hopefully, you praying for the best. Everything is going to try to work out. But you, in a way, you kind of really don't have no plan. Like I said, you wait until uh, you get there. And then you try to figure it out. Or you may even have regrets in which you know that person was an adequate partner to be planning a family with. But you took the risk anyway. And, you know, the results are the results. And now you want to try to be a good parent. So, because of the bad family planning, now you have to try to, you know, make the best of your situation. And see if you can co-parent. You know, with the other individual. What was the mindset? The mindset was... The mindset was negative, but initially you thought it was positive. Because you felt like you was getting what you wanted. But the guy that probably would have been the best 
uh, family planning partner for you, you didn't want him. You know, he was soft, he was weak, he was too much of a nice guy. You didn't want that. Man had all the characteristics to, or at least most of the characteristics to be a good father, but you didn't want him. Same thing for the fellas. There might have been a woman that could, you know, have all the great characteristics. She might have been sweet, caring, compassionate, nurturing. She might have had all the characteristics you that would make her a good family playing a partner for a mother, but you didn't want her. That's not what you wanted. Or maybe because you didn't think she was that attractive enough. But in order for us to change this, we gotta we gotta get better at family planning. Not only that, each generation should get better. It really should. And each generation should not be having to start over and struggle. So recommendation in order to change this, not only we're talking about legacy here too as well. In order to change your family legacies, we all got to get better at family planning. Destructive vices, we all know this one very well. Strategies, we engage in stuff that gives us pleasure. We're not concerned about the consequences or the negative effects of engaging in those vices. The story that we tell ourselves I got this under control. I got this. I don't need no help. What's the worst that can happen? Everything is going to go according to plan. And once again, it's a negative mindset. I mean, look at the term destructive vices. It usually don't end too well, especially over a long period of time. So, like I said, that's a quick one on why, you know, a lot of people have destructive devices that wreak havoc in their lives. Until they want to change, their life won't change. Jack of all trades, what happens? No stability to develop mastery. What ha- what's the strategy? You're all over the place. You want to make money from so many different streams. This is the whole multiple streams of income. I've talked about this before, so I won't get all into it again, but... A lot of people are jack of all trades because they overestimate their ability or their competency on something and they feel like they're mitigating risk. So let me go out and try all these different things. And yeah, some of us are multi-passionate. Some of us are multi-skilled. That is true. However, you should focus on one primary industry or one major skill where you can really get good at uh, receiving money for that skill. That doesn't mean you can't use all of your other skills later, but you really need to find out what your purpose is because your purpose will produce profits. I'll say that one more time. Your purpose will produce profits. Now, your passion can produce profits only if your passion is your purpose. And you might say, well, what is your purpose? Your purpose is your skills, or, or as Steve Harvey says, your gifts, which are the things that you do better than most people without even thinking. So that's what your purpose is. Your purpose are 
talents, skills, and passions that you do with ease? What is something that is easy for you to do but hard for others? Now, I know you may be able to do something that other people may do. It may not be sexy, but that's okay. It don't have to be sexy. It just has to be effective. That's the most important thing. So, you should want to develop mastery. I mean, when we since we talking about wealth, that's how all wealth builders really build wealth. Is they master something. You can look at any successful person or any family that has generational wealth. And you can always trace it back to the patriarch or the matriarch. In which they was good at one thing. And that's how that family built wealth over time. That's exactly how they did it. Jack of all trades. Will not get you there. It just won't. Like I said. The story that you tell yourself. Oh well. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You know. At least the money coming in. Is stable. Yeah. But it's also slowing down your momentum from other things. Because when you spread your focus. You spread your attention on into all these other things. That slow you down. On what you're really good at. Goes back to multiple teams. Before multiple streams. I'll say that one more time. Multiple teams before multiple streams. Perfect example. Like I said. Is Sam Walton. Or even Jeff Bezos with Amazon. Get good at one thing first. Have extra profits come in. Then off to the side. You can start introducing new products and new services. And then you could potentially become a one-stop shop. And then that'll change your mindset from a negative mindset to a positive mindset. Unsupportive family members and friends will hurt your wealth. Why? What's, but what's your strategy? You want validation and because you grew up with these people you have a connection and a relationship with these people you feel like you need to be around them so what's your strategy you remain uncomfortable but you continue to be around them when they're negative which they put you in a negative state and your story you tell yourself is either oh it's not that bad or it's gonna get better but how if you don't change it how is it gonna get better you got you you gotta change, man. You gotta have that breakthrough. But yeah, that's why you have unsupportive family and friends. Also, cause they don't believe they put limits on themselves. They thinking about what they would do and how it's impossible or not realistic or low probability for them to achieve it. So they talk about it. The energy becomes infectious. You hang around it, and then it gets into you. So you you gotta you gotta change that because what they have they're unsupportive they not wanting to take the risk they not wanting to study they not to research they not wanting to invest so now you don't your story is you know oh I'm gonna figure it out or they not that bad when it come to building wealth they're terrible at building wealth because they unsupportive they not wanting to take the risk. They're good people, but when it comes to the financially, they're not people you need to be around. 
But depending on if you want to change it or not, you might need to, you know, limit your interactions with them. And that'll help you change your mindset and get around people who've done what you want to do. And it's going where you want to go. So, yeah, man. I support a family and friends. And it's, and it's always going to be that way. You're going to have that. But you got to go out and show them. They got to see it first. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. You got to. You got to go out and see it and do it and then they'll believe it. Then they'll be asking you how you did it. And then they will probably go from unsupportive to maybe at least moderate supportive or even ultra supportive. It could be a complete 180 or complete 360. This next one is huge. Sports team and events. Most people, or I should have said a lot of people, especially in the United States of America, we spend more money on sports tickets and live entertainment than we all focus more on wealth building. And a lot of people that have built great wealth, they depend on that because they know people do it. What are our strategies? Oh, we do it because it's feel good. It's our recreation time. We work hard. That's the story that and then the story that you tell yourself, man, YOLO, man, you gotta have fun, man. You wanna you wanna be at the game, you wanna be able to talk about it, you love the camaraderie. You know, it becomes a part of oh, this is a part of our culture, this is what we do. Yeah. Also what you do is you don't build wealth. That's exactly what you do. That's also your family legacy. But hey, teachers on. I'm not here to judge. You just make sure your wealth goals are in alignment with the lifestyle that you want to live. That's all I say. Then it's a negative mindset. Because you, you know, you shelling out money and then you complain about it later after the fact. So yeah, you had a good time. Yeah, you got the memories. But when you check your bank account, you're like, ugh. But when you check your credit card statement, ugh. That don't sound very positive to me. But the way we invest in sports teams, the way we invest in live entertainment and everything, we need to invest in ourselves that way. But this also goes back to, you know, keeping with the Jones. We don't want to look poor. or We don't want to let we got it. We got to prove to people that we got it. What people don't understand is some of the most richest, some of the richest and wealthiest people in the world, they don't want you to know they got it. They want to look average. They want to look regular. And sometimes the only reason you know they got it is because you know who they are. You know what they become known for. Because they famous or because they come a, become a brand. But there's a lot of men, there's a lot of people you never even heard of that you don't even know. But they don't mind. I still remember a guy who started an online uh, shoe store back in the early 2000s. And he came into the branch. I thought he was just a regular guy off the street. He had on a regular a regular white t-shirt and some blue jeans. I ain't think nothing of it. He also wasn't properly groomed or, or shaved. So I didn't think nothing of it. I mean, I didn't treat him bad, but... I didn't think nothing of it. I took him, you know, 
uh, I took him, uh, whatchamacallit, I, you know, I gave him the care, but uh, we had a banker, I won't say her name, but we had a banker who was kind of, you know, sizing him up and, you know, wasn't really treating him as a human being. And he was telling me a little bit about how he started a successful online shop, but he had to go, so he didn't get a chance to finish. But I think he came back in like a day or two later, and he finished telling me the story. And this guy looked completely different the next time he came back in. He had on a nice, wasn't all fancy, but had on, you know, had on better clothes, better grooming, better shoes, all of that. (laughs) And then... When we told the banker what happened, oh, now she wanted to talk to him. Now she wanted to see if she could do get additional business from him. And he sat down with her because he had time, but he ain't had no intention of doing business with her. And he told us that she had with the lunch. He had came back to make it. He had got another check. He came to deposit. Like, yeah, I'm not doing business with her. He was like, I just, you know, was being polite. And, you know, wanted to show her. And you can tell her demeanor changed. And then after, after, later in the day, before we get ready to close, she asked us about him. And we told her the whole story. And she was like, oh. And then she knew. She felt, she felt a little bad. But then she got over it. Because she's like, oh, I can just get somebody else. But this is why you never judge a book by its cover. Even though we do it every day. But you got to be careful how you treat people, man. People remember that. But this guy, like he wasn't invested more in a sports team than in live entertainment. He was willing to look not appealing but he was telling us about all the wealth building that he was doing so we got to change our mindset but we definitely got to change our strategies to start wealth building and paying ourselves first and investing and getting educated and having knowledge we got to it's the only way we're going to progress forward this one is definitely huge and I'm definitely going to make this quick mainstream news do not watch the news. This is definitely detrimental to your wealth. This is why some most people don't get ahead with their wealth. Why? Because they watch the news. The news is nothing but negative marketing. I can say it all the time. What's your strategy? You watch the news. What story are you telling you? What story is the news telling you? It's telling you how bad it is. What mindset? You're in a negative mindset so you don't take necessary precautions. You know how much positive stuff that go on? But you will never know it. Why? Because you watch the negative news. So this one's simple. Strategy. Stop watching the news. Story. Believe in yourself. Building wealth can be made possible over time. What happened? Positive mindsets. Be around millionaires. Be around billionaires. Be around financially successful people. So that you can achieve the same result. Current dissatisfaction. Or what I like to say. No delayed gratification. 
cars, houses, jewelry, fashion. Same thing. What's your strategy? I got to get all this stuff to validate myself and to show other people that I'm important. What story do you tell people that I'm important, that I made it, look at me, you should want to be like me, and if you're not me, uh, you're losing. And the mindset is negative because all of those are depreciating assets, all of them. Yes, all of them are depreciating assets. Cars, 40% as soon as you drive off the lot. A house, you got to put money to it. Even if it was a rental property, now you can say the whole rich dad, poor dad thing about it being an asset, but for most people, uh, your house is a liability. It costs. Jewelry, same thing. Uh, It loses its value. It goes down. The only thing that kind of really holds are some luxury brands and gold. But even with that, jewelry will still decrease in value. Fashion, as we know, that decreases to the seasons and the trends. They change all the time. So, but this goes back to the Joneses and this goes back to, you know, people not want to look poor and, you know, putting, you know, their entertainment needs over their uh, educational and even wealth needs. You got to sacrifice today so you can have success tomorrow. I'll say that one more time. Sacrifice today so you can have financial success tomorrow. But people don't think about tomorrow. And what happens when tomorrow becomes today? Are you stuck holding the bag, wondering what if? Don't have no regrets. Focus on delayed gratification instead of Instant gratification. Final words. Simple. Change your strategies. Seek out best practices. And from people that have done what you want to do. Do not pay attention to family, friends. They may mean well. But if they have not done Or know somebody that have done what you want to accomplish. Do not listen to them. A good case in point. Most of my family members, I do not take financial advice from them. I do not. Why? Because they have not achieved what it is that I want to achieve. I learned this the hard way. So. Stories. Be careful of the stories that you tell yourself. Make sure you tell yourself positive stories to reinforce what you want to accomplish and your goals and your dreams. It's possible, but you got to be careful of the stories that you tell yourself. It truly does matter. Now, I know some of the stuff made old stories strategy and state it all sound hokey pokey but this stuff is work this stuff has produced massive results and it works so for real i'm begging you this is a plea please change your story and change your strategies 
But if you don't do nothing else and what's really the anchor, you got to change your state or that mindset. That's more than half the battle right there. It's your mindset. We are what we think. And the way we think is the way we act to respond in the world. And your actions lead to your results. So, I'll just leave you with this. Change your state. So that you can change your story. So that you can change your strategies. So that you can change your actions. So that you can change your results. And when you change your results, you change your life. And your life will never be the same. Thank you for listening to the Paradigms and Perspectives podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this podcast. We really hope that you got some value out of this podcast and that this podcast will assist with you changing your paradigm and changing your perspective so that you can live the life that you was meant to live. And we look forward to seeing you in another podcast episode. Thank you and have a good day.